Welcome to the Toolbelt Podcast. I'm Anna Townsend, Managing Editor of Plant Services and your host for today's podcast. Monthly, I review books for the magazine on different topics for our audience related to reliability, leadership, workforce development, and much more. Today, I'm honored to talk with the authors of an excellent book I reviewed called Steel Toes and Stilettos, a true story of women manufacturing leaders and lean transformation success. Shannon Carrolls is a senior operations manager who's run operations at two large corporations across multiple industries. Kathy Miller is a senior operations executive who has held numerous global vice president and director positions. Their book details their journey as women leaders and friends, but their leadership message transcends gender and experience, and there's something for all to learn here. All right. Hi, Kathy and Shannon. Thanks for joining our podcast today. Thanks, Anna. We're excited to be here. All right. Well, we're here to talk about your books, Steel Toes and Stilettos. Uh, Thank you so much for letting me review this book. I I really enjoyed it. Uh, But I really just want to start at the beginning of this book adventure. So tell me about your decision to write this book. You know, why this book and, and why did the two of you decide to do it together? Sure. Um, I can go ahead and start, Shannon, and feel free to chime in on that. But we, Shannon and I, as you learn in the story, became very good friends uh, through the course of this transformation. And one day we were reminiscing about our time together and all the achievements of the team at that time and really got thinking about why was that? such a successful endeavor? What were the key elements of it? What were the ingredients? And as we thought about it more and laughed and reminisced about some of the challenges, we thought, you know what, we really have a good story here. And maybe some people could benefit from it if we took some time to write it down. So we said, okay, let's do it. The next day, Shannon texted me, I've got a title for it. And Within a few months, we had outlined, you know, the basic timeline with it. So we really, it's a business book, Anna, as you know, but it's not real prescriptive. It's our true story. So it's a blend of a lean transformation roadmap, but also, you know, the personal challenges and triumphs and stories of friendship along the way. So it is a true story and it allows people to see themselves in different aspects of the story. Well, there are so many great topics to talk about here. And I I don't want to talk about gender too much because I think most of the leadership advice you give really far transcends that. But, you know, it's definitely part of your book. And, you know, because as women in sort of male dominated industries, it is part of our lives. But sort of rather than focus on some of the negative situations and things that we've all encountered, can you sort of just talk to me about what it means to be a female leader and how does that sort of shape how you work in the manufacturing world? Yeah, I think this um, a, a big part of what we talk about in the book and, and Kathy and I um, discussed when we were writing this is, is you're right. It, it is one factor of our roles and our total identity in this industry. Um, as we, as you mentioned, you know, we don't dwell on it as much, um, because, you know, we just were there to do a job and we were too focused on our goals and our, you know, task at hand to focus on whether or not we were the only woman in the room. 
Um, and we rarely brought that up unless someone else did. And we barely, rarely recognized it unless someone else brought it up and made a comment about it. Um, so you're right. You know, we didn't, we didn't focus on that as much and we were busy and, you know, it wasn't until afterwards when we were talking about this book that we started to recognize it a little bit more, uh, and start to discuss what it meant to both of us. And our biggest driver for some of the things we discuss in the, in the book about being a woman is to show young female leaders that you can stay true to yourself. You can be your authentic self and not have to conform to different stereotypes of being in a male dominated industry and still be successful. And I think that was a big driver for us is that we wanted to just show these women that you can, you can jump into this manufacturing career and, and be a great leader regardless of your gender. Great. I think that's wonderful. And I will say to, I hope women out there read this. I think you have some really witty things to say about some of those uncomfortable situations that we've been in, but I think, you know, I hope men read that too and sort of take note of maybe some of the different situations that, that we have to come across. Um, but I think very well said, um, you know, what I really want to focus today on is sort of what you guys are teaching here about leadership. Um, but I do want to talk about industry just a little bit. You know, this book is about your experience leading a manufacturing team, you know, through a lean transformation. So let's talk lean a little bit. Why, why is that so important to the work that you do? And what do you think is most important for those who maybe don't know exactly what lean is all about to sort of understand what that means in the manufacturing space? So, you know, lean is based on the Toyota production system, which has really been around for decades. And it's about delivering value to customers with the least amount of waste. It's, it's a very simple concept. Why it's difficult in manufacturing sometimes is how measurements are set up and batch operations are set up, right, to maximize the efficiency you get from the investments that you put in pieces of equipment and those sorts of things. So trying to take your measures from, you know, how many uh, widgets, right, you can put out on a certain piece of equipment a certain amount of time and looking at efficiency to how value flows to the customers at the rate that they want to consume it is really what the transformation is all about. So um, Shannon and I have been doing these sorts of transformations for a number of years, and it's so powerful. It's very difficult at first. Uh, people don't understand that vision. They're used to cranking out a lot of inventory and pushing it through the system. And, you know, eventually good products come out at the other end and someone matches this up to what customers want. But uh, we have just seen so many amazing results when you get the team on board and work through it in a systematic manner. And I think you saw, Anna, in the book that over three years, the level of results that we got from being persistent and putting something in place and seeing what worked well, what didn't work well, and how to build on that and just continue to eliminate waste. And what's really powerful about it, if you do the whole system, is it's built on the concept of respect for people, right? So it's not just me as the general manager, Shannon as the transformation manager, coming up with all the ideas and saying thou shalt. 
It's really about creating an environment where everybody can recognize waste and help you continuously improve. And when you get that, those light bulbs going on and people understand that, wow, you respect me for my mind and my heart, not just my hands, the rate of improvement really accelerates and the ideas are amazing. And while the principles are the same, uh, regardless of what enterprise you're putting them in, you know, there's always nuances in every business. And so thinking is required and creativity is required and setting up that inclusive environment where people can bring their ideas forward is really one of the key things that we appreciate about it and understand is fundamental to getting the rates of improvement that you want. Great. I I think that whole idea of respect really sort of plays into this next question that I wanted to ask. And throughout this whole transformation process, you are writing about, and you talk a lot about the time that you spent on the factory floor and sort of the, the proper way to do observations. Um, so why is it so important for leaders to be a real presence in the factory, and especially during these times of transition? I think you just hit on that, but, but anything else you ladies want to say about that? Yeah, and one of the things that Kathy says a lot is you can't delegate this type of work. Um, you have to show up as the leader to show them this isn't just another flavor of the month and this isn't going to pass and and this is the way we want to do business now. And to be able to do that is exactly what I said. You just have to show up and be there. And the more that we get to know people as people and not their jobs, um, the more impactful that relationship becomes, the trust builds, and they start to follow your vision and and trust that you're going to take them to the right place. If you're just, you know, kind of more dictatorial and this is how we're going to do it and this is what we're going to do and you're going to like it, it doesn't, it just isn't going to be as impactful. Um, You can still put the tools in, but it won't sustain if you don't have the people at every level engaged in participating and driving the change in the organization. Yeah, people have to trust you, right? They get used to, oh, this is the program of the month. This is the new person's initiative. You know, we can wait this out like we did the last one, (laughs) you know. And so you have to have that. You have to be present. You have to have that consistent communication, you know, that does not come down in a memo of thou shalt. So you can address people's questions. You can earn their trust by creating these high quality interchanges where you're seeing what they're struggling with. And as you work together beside them to solve their problems, they begin to understand that you really do care about their input. You do care about them creating quality and value and the making the world a better place. And you can't get that level of understanding of what people are really trying to do to contribute from a conference room. You've got to be right there next to them to see what they're struggling with, how they're contributing to really gain an appreciation for what you're asking them to do. Yeah. I mean, the people closest to the work are the ones that know what, you know, what will work and what won't. And and if you can get them to try new things, whether it works or doesn't, I mean, that communication is okay, well, it didn't work. Let's try something different, but being able to have them show you their job and you if you, if you're able to uh, do it with them, then like Kathy said, they think that you, they feel like you actually 
understand and care. And it's not just, well, you don't know what I'm doing every day type of a mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really interesting. It, it was very interesting to sort of watch or read, watch you ladies sort of walk through the story of how you're developing this culture of inclusivity, which, you know, I think you had to work as hard at as, as sort of changing the manufacturing process that you were doing. I mean, how important that was in sort of both holding up each other. So it was, it was very interesting. So I have a couple of questions here for folks who are maybe struggling with the transformation. You guys sort of talk about a lot of the, the obstacles that you came across in your book, but you know, how do you get an engagement from a team that maybe isn't on board yet with what you're selling or, or what you're trying to get them to do? Oh yeah, there's there, there's actually a lot of things. There's not one uh, silver bullet <laughs> in that whole thing. First of all, you've got to uh, set the vision, communicate the vision, articulate the vision over and over and over again for people who haven't had the benefit of seeing what a more lean enterprise you know looks like. So that's absolutely the first thing that you have to do. And then I think. Um, Part of it too is a little humility. Um, we don't, as leaders, don't have all the answers all the time. Yes, we have a vision of where we want to go, but when somebody says, well, how are we possibly going to do that? Sometimes the answer is, I don't know, but we'll figure it out together. And that I think is powerful and starting to bring those cultures along. Um, and like Kathy said, it's just all about communication, communication. Like you cannot talk to people enough and it's not just in plant meetings. It's in shift startup meetings. It's one-on-one when you go to their machines every morning and sign their day by hours and, and you check in after lunch. It's, it's those types of conversations and communications that start to bring those cultures, cultures along. And I think quite honestly, Anna, at the beginning, you have to uh, get people out of their comfort zone. It's not optional to work on the business and just work in the business. And so we assigned 100% of people to a team, whether it was a problem solving team, a safety improvement team, you know, whatever was working towards our strategic objectives, right? And it wasn't just a lean transformation we were going through, right? We had pricing initiatives and supply chain initiatives, right? And so it wasn't like we could all just focus on this one thing. So what we tried to do was tell everybody, look, you're going to be involved in improving this business. You're going to spend X percent of your time and we're going to pay you to do this. <laughs> you know, it's it's still part of your day job, but 10% is going to be on working on how we do business, not what we're transactionally doing every day. So um, for instance, one of the things, one of the objectives that I had was anytime anyone got hurt, anytime there was a recordable injury, my entire staff with myself would go out and see where the injury occurred. And uh, for instance, I think I talk about in the book, the marketing manager was like, I have nothing to do with shop floor safety, Mm -hmm. you know? But I said, you know what? This is not optional. This is important. People on the floor need to understand that we care about their safety, both psychological and physical. And we are going to show up as a leadership team. Um, And he was not happy. But I will tell you, after about the third injury, he really saw that we took a lot of his 
experiences, right? He had experiences. He was a whole person. He wasn't just the marketing manager. He worked on all kinds of equipment and things outside of the factory and had amazing ideas and resources for us on how we could have fixed things that Shannon and I never would have come up with, right? And so when he saw that that time and his contributions were being implemented and helping prevent accidents in the future, then he came along a lot more. So when you talk about, you know, getting over that initial hump of, you know, getting people to participate, sometimes you have to require it, right? But it's not telling them what to do, but it's providing the opportunity for them to get involved in providing the solutions. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in brainstorming and sort of two minds are better than one. And, and you guys talk a lot about bringing the team together. Um, but also at a certain point, you, you have to come to sort of a decision. So, so how do you make teams sort of both comfortable with debate, yet able to coalesce on a united front when it's time to make a final decision? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it really comes down to that trust element. And like I said, you know, getting to know people as people. So from a leadership standpoint and just a purely management standpoint, you know, we had um, touch points, weekly one-on-ones with each team member, plus weekly staff meetings, plus we had monthly or quarterly reviews on our initiatives. So it was that constant communication that we would have. And then in addition to that, it was um, it was allowing a safe space for healthy debate. And, you know, if it got heated as the, as the leader, you would have to, you know, come in and, and be the final say. Um, and that's your role as a leader in the organization. But you've got to create that, like Kathy said, psychological safety for people to be themselves, allow a healthy debate. But when we walk out of the room, we are a united front. And we all agree one way or another. So there's no uh, silent disagreement is one of the terms I like to use a lot. Um, We're all in. Whether you fully agree or not, we are a team and a united front when we come out of there. And that's part of the role as a leader is to make sure that the team understands that and that we don't leave until those decisions are made. Kathy, you talked a little bit about one of the the safety initiatives that that you started, but can you talk a little bit just about the passion that you have for safety? It's a a big part of the book and and sort of why that is an important issue for you as a leader. Yes, absolutely. So I would say, you know, I started literally working in factories when I was 17 years old as a co-op student. And I've worked in a lot of facilities that are unionized, um, UAW and and some of the other unions. And very early in my career, we realized that I realized that there were a lot of joint initiatives around safety and quality. Right. So very early in my professional career, I was in teams and workshops about providing great quality and an injury-free environment. It's an area of common ground that all humans (laughs) can relate to, right? So even if you're um, arguing about work rules or, um, you know, all the kinds of things that you get in these three-inch, you know, contracts (laughs) that you go through, nobody can dispute the fact that everybody deserves to go home um, safely to their families. 
And so that was just part of my foundational upbringing. But as time went on, um, I witnessed some, you know, bad accidents as time went on, you know, not necessarily in facilities I was running, although we did have our share of things that went on, but, you know, um, situations where people didn't get to go home to their families. Um, in, in one situation, I had to um, be a senior leader at someone else's division because I was physically closer to it when there was a fatality there. And I literally had to um, take the contents of this individual's locker out and put in a box to give to his family. And I cannot tell you the impact that that's anyone's worst nightmare. And I don't want other people to ever have to experience that. So I just have a ton of passion around that. I always ended every conference call I had with, okay, everybody be safe. It's just, um, I think a person's, um, right to go to work, earn a living and come home to their family and, you know, with all their digits and, um, all of the issues of their safety, both psychological safety and physical safety intact. Thank you. So it was an amazing story that you ladies had to tell and how hard you worked on this transformation, but I really wanna also end with a little humor and, and sort of why it's also important to have fun and celebrate along the way. You ladies had fun and you laughed and um, just talk to us about why that was important as well. Yeah, I mean, we spend oftentimes more time at work than we do with our own families. And so, you know, Kathy created this environment where we could be our authentic selves. And sometimes um, that led to a little, you know, silliness and, and in a very positive way. And I took that with me for the rest of my career as well, even when Kathy and I weren't working together um, and we were working in separate locations or anything the team just allowed their personalities to come out. And the more they got to know us who, you know, Kathy always uses this quote, and I'm speaking for her now is um, take your work seriously, but yourself not so much. And so we, I learned that and the whole team learned that and spread it around. And so we created this camaraderie around being ourselves and, and appreciating each other and not always taking everything so seriously, although it was serious work, um, you know, sometimes we would joke and say, hey, it's either laugh or cry. And we would choose to laugh most often. And we just loved that. And then the team loved to celebrate. We Once we got them into celebrating small wins, all wins, and even at times celebrating failures and sharing that, that um, knowledge, because even a failure means you tried. And allowing that safe space for those types of things to happen, um, you really got to know people better. and having fun was really a part of our big process, even if it was down to Kathy forcing us on like stickers for our five S office days, which is a great story to share. Um, she, <laughs> we just, it was important for us because it was serious work, but it was more important for us to enjoy it as well. Yeah. Look, manufacturing is serious business. I don't want to under, you know, shoot that at all. Whether you're, um, you know, 
making cars and final products or the rubber parts that go, you know, two or three subsystems in. Manufacturing is real, right? And you're creating value. You're making the world a better place if you trace your parts all the way to, you know, you're meeting some need of mankind. And so that's serious business. Employee safety, serious business. Product quality, service quality, important business, right? But we're only going to be on this earth so long, right? And while we contribute and we spend all this time, you know, in factories, in the office, with people other than our families, there's just no reason to be miserable about it, even though, you know, it is serious business. So, yeah, I, you know, I always say laugh or cry. And crying's not allowed at work. So, you know, that's that's what we're going to do. And we're going to get through these things together. So, yeah. And people love to be recognized, right? They love celebration. They love seeing their picture on the big screen with music in the background. You know, it helps reinforce that, um, that message that, right, we're all a part of this. We're all a part of the success and bringing value to our customers. And we see each other. And we celebrate together and we're going to make this world a better place together. I love that very much. It's serious business, but you got to have fun along the way. Uh, Well, ladies, thank you so much for sharing your book with me. I very much enjoyed it. And I'm so excited to share this with our readers. I think they will love it too. So thank you again. Thank you for having us.